Welcome to the Village Idiots podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Nathan. With me tonight, I have Jordan. Hey. Nicole. Sup. Emily. Hello. And Justin. Hey. No. <laughs> Let me do that over. You know. <laughs> Hi. Nope. That's it. That, that's what you've got to do. You can in no way change this audio. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in to this, our 10th episode. We're in the double digits, folks. It's exciting. We're we're, we're in the double digits. We made it. 10, the big 10. The big 1-0. For double digits. So, for those of you unaware, at the end of every episode, we name a village idiot. Last week's village idiot was myself. (laughs) <laughs> Twas I. I don't remember why I made myself the village idiot. Probably because I didn't put you all in situations that you all could be the village idiot, and that was on me. That's exactly what you said the reason was. Yeah. Yep. That sounds like me. <laughs> uh, so that means I have to do the recap. So at the beginning of last week's episode, the adventurers, the party, found themselves face-to-face with the Consul of Fellows, Tasvig Dubey, who said that he needed their help. After a lot of talking, they basically figured out that the consul believes that there is some dissension in his ranks and that one of his golden mantles is conspiring against him. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. After the the death of one of his other golden mantles, he believes there was foul play and he needs someone from the outside to look into it. So he offered each of the party members something that they might like. For their help, he said that he would take down or have the wanted posters and the missing posters for Drew and Saf taken down so that they could move more freely and that Scar would not be reprimanded for her crimes against the mantles of Ilar's birth. Agamir would be provided monetary compensation. Yeah, so Consul Duvet gave Saf a, a bag of holding as well. Because that was the only thing that she wanted, but... And the rest of my monetary reward, possible monetary reward, to go to Agamir's ship. Yeah, so that they can go to Tor for Saf's reason. Anyway, and then the episode ended with everyone getting hit on by a half-orc maiden at the the tavern across the way called the Rare Room. And Drew heard something in her mind. Seize the stone. Ah, yes, I remember. I totes forgot about that. Yeah, that happened right at the end of the episode. Okay, so time has passed. Two ten day have passed, so 20 days. And Scar is still waiting to hear from her new precinct captain about her transfer from the 4th District of Fellows to the 11th District of Fellows to investigate... The Golden Mantle, Sokoba Volnai. Mm-hmm. There are two Golden Mantles that are needing to be investigated. One is Sokoba Volnai, the deep elf who has been with Consul Dubay for 14 years, and Kelvin Boulderdown, the male human who has been with Consul Dubay for nine years. So 20 days have passed, and I need everyone to roll me a d20, please. Five. Seven. Seventeen. Sixteen. 
Okay, Scar, what did you do during that 20-day period? So I worked, you know, just uh, being a copper mantle. I pretty much didn't do anything other than be myself. (laughs) That's it. Good talk. Yeah. (laughs) Made some gold. Yeah, I mean, that's I just did my day job. Nice. (laughs) Saf, how about you? I did a little bit more than Scar. (laughs) I Okay, what about the conversation Scar and I had? You all can go into that. So aside from the convo with Scar, I also acquired a flute and learned how to play it. And I wrote an action-adventure romance novel. And so I talked with Scar because at the end of last episode, she made a history check about these golden mantles. And I didn't realize that she was saying this all to the group. It's because you were drinking. In real life? (laughs) No, you were drinking fire whiskey when we were talking, or fire water or whatever. Remember one to sip, one to shoot? Yeah, one to sip, one to shoot. I guess I blacked out a little bit and then I came to when I heard that Kelvin had come back from tour, what, nine years ago? Correct. Yes. And my grandfather's expedition to tour took place ten years ago. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, so you wanted to know more. If I knew more than that, and then I told you everything I know about Kelvin. Yeah, so basically I'm going to want to ask Kelvin about that. Connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it for me. That sounds good. Agamir, how about you? Yeah, so during the last two 10-day weeks. I have been uh, working odd jobs around in Tepa, where I can, earning gold, two gold a day. Around in Tepa or? Ilar's birth. Ilar's birth. Sorry about that. How dare you? I know. <laughs> if they start with eyes. Yeah, so I've been working. Got 40 gold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how much gold I made, too. Yes. Yeah, keeping it simple. Should I discuss the the bank thing or no you can if you'd like if we're going to be posting your where you are so far could be confusing that it just jumps a few hundred gold fair enough so yeah between sessions nathan and i worked together and we figured out how much money agamir would have been making as a merchant sailor for the last five years and so rolled 180 d6 and then for the for the hardships that I experienced in the last year, we subtracted 36d4. He'd managed to save 519 gold. So that's sitting in a bank at the Harbor Coast. Good job, Aggie. Yep. It is uh, sitting in a lockbox with the Merchants Banking Guild. Yes. So stay tuned for that exciting adventure down the road. <laughs> Fetch quest episode. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Agamir goes to the ATM. <laughs> Use, uh, roll me a history check to remember your pin <laughs> it's always a one so yeah that's pretty much all that Agamir's really been up to awesome alright Drew how about you I spent my time doing research at the end of the last episode I heard some weird stuff I heard whispers she would attribute that probably to the only thing that's on her that she knows that's magical, which is her the pendant in her hair, which she got from 
the tomb of Idrindon. So she feels like that's kind of all connected and the fact that he was gone. And so she started doing research about Idrindon and why he would have been not there when we went to go look in his tomb and um, exactly who he was. So that's what she did. What did you learn? I learned things that Nathan told me right before we started recording, and I don't remember them. (laughs) You didn't write them down? Not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew did some research. She was able to find out a good amount of information. The two main points that she came back with were that Idrindon died shortly after the inception of Ilar's birth. So his tomb is one of the oldest in all of Ilari, because Ilar's birth was the first burrow founded of Ilari. And also she found some notes that indicated that Idrindon worshipped some sort of deity or being named the Shepherd. And there was a little symbol scrawled in the book in the footnote that bore a striking resemblance to the mosaic tile floor of Idrindon's tomb. Mm. And it's the same as the necklace that Saf took from Tubrix. Correct. Dun, dun, dun. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> and I relayed all of this information to the party so you don't have to listen to us talk about that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it? I didn't write it down. Oh, my God. Shut up. Oh my I'm God. kidding. <laughs> I, I have it written down. I always have it written down. I have a session notes document I've, I've been working on. Nice. Have you really? Jordan's better than literally all of us. I feel like Emily and I... (laughs) We're all just like, eh, whatever. (laughs) No, I mean, like, Justin's got this, like, crazy, ridiculous, like, lineage for his entire, like, like 10,000 years of of, uh, thorn burns. But God forbid he write a single word while we're actually recording. Me and Emily are like, yeah, what's up? I'm here. I'll remember. (laughs) By the way, I just found out that this is actually a thing from Twitter. Somebody shared this. And I just found out that halfling families will adopt species, will adopt other species into their families. And I didn't realize that until, until way after my lesbian aunt had adopted a small orphan dragonborn child. So that's a cute piece of information. So you were like, um, point, on point. On port? <laughs> On port? <laughs> On point? Port? Point? Port? <laughs> On point. Yep. Nice. So did you all also talk about your goals for once Scar eventually gets her transfer? Do you all want to talk about that or do you want me to talk about that? You can talk about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So Saf spoke again about since they're going through in Tepa that she wanted to visit the Thornburn estate on the way down in Tepa's plateau system, since it's on the way. So they want to visit the Thornburn estate. And then they're also going to establish their headquarters in Fellows at a tavern along the central route between the two districts of the Golden Mantles they're investigating. And you know, they generally just want to get a lay of the land and all of that. They each have their own way of gathering information and they will... Do that when the time comes. Mm-hmm. So, also the library and university are right next to the Thornburn. I want to say apartment instead of estate because it's like it's just small because her grandpa and her great grandpa used it as like just to 
stay there when they were at the university or whatever. So I think that Saf would want to visit both of those places as well. Just saying. Okay. Sounds good. So you all awaken one morning in Ilar's birth. It's a foggy morning because we haven't had one of those yet. (laughs) So a heavy fog envelops the whole region. You're pretty close to the the checkpoint that you were, uh, all of your tomfoolery went on in. <laughs> so Scar gets a missive that morning from the 11th precinct of Fellows. What's up? <laughs> it says, you should report to the Ilar's birth East Checkpoint D for your passes to Entepa, and you should report for duty at the 11th precinct as soon as possible. Sweet. I tell everybody else that. All right. <laughs> All right. Agamir starts collecting his things. Saf just shoves all of her things into her bag of holding. <laughs> Drew never unpacked. <laughs> I was going to say. And I don't have anything besides my weapons. That sounds good. So you all head over to the East Checkpoint, D, and you see a familiar face there. It's good old Ulrich. Ugh. He uh, looks up from the uh, the counter that he's standing at, and he looks at you, and he gets this disgusted look on his face. What do you want? I'm here to pick up our passes for Entepa. I got this note. All right, hold on one second. Let me go get it. He uh, goes back behind a door. He's there for a few minutes and comes back out, slams some passes down on the table and says, all right, see ya. Bye. <laughs> you know the re- the way, right? Yeah. Okay. You-, you can see yourselves out. And he's just generally dismissive and lets you all through. Cool. Seth waves bye. <laughs> he does not wave back. Oh. <laughs> So you head through the checkpoint doors that you ran out of last time. You are heading up to the Grotty Tower now. There are no copper mantles or obsidian mantles chasing you. You take a nice jaunty stroll. The fog is starting to lift now. And uh, yeah, the sun is uh, shining brightly. It's warm. It's feeling good. It's a good day for an adventure. Adventure! You get up to the tower and the attendant there says, Where are you going? In Tepa? <laughs> oh, oh, right this way, right this way. And he ushers you through a door into an inner chamber past another few attendants. And you are in the the central portion of the Grotty Tower itself. There are very few people here where there were lots and lots of people before. And you see a teleportation circle on the floor. And the the attendant says, "Let me let me see your passes." So we all hand him the passes, I'm guessing. Okay, so you're going to want to hold it like this, and he holds it up in front of his face, and you, you step into the circle and and say in Tepa, and you'll be you'll be transported. This is like the flu network. <laughs> what if you pronounce it wrong? <laughs> You end up one grade over. <laughs> one <laughs> teleportation circle over. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The lore keepers have made sure that everything is, is quite safe. There's there's no ill transportation. 
Does anyone get sick from these things? <laughs> uh, not that I've heard of. Agamir kind of says, well, that's enough for me. Then he walks forward, pass in front of his, he- his face, and says in Tepa as soon as he passes through the circle. All right, Agamir vanishes. And then Scar steps up, pass in my hand, and I say, in Tepa. Scar vanishes. Drew, Saf. I'm not going next. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Saf walks into the circle, puts the pass in front of her face, and goes, Entepa. <laughs> Saf vanishes. Drew is very uncomfortable, but she's got her hood up and everything. She's very dark. And she just kind of walks, takes deep breath and walks briskly, puts the pass in front of her face and says, Entepa. Okay, Drew vanishes. So as each of you vanish in turn, there is a flash of light in front of your face. And then for Agamir, there's the flash of light and you're immediately in an identical room with a different attendant there. The same goes for Scar and for Saf. Drew, on the other hand, you have the flash of light happen and then it goes... Well, I need everyone else to take their headphones off, and this is this is just for Drew's ears. Okay. Okay, so you see the flash of light in front of your face, and then everything goes black, as if you're in a void. And you hear a familiar whisper over your shoulder. What does it say? <laughs> she is the stone. Seize the stone. And then things go quiet for a minute. And you see a ghostly figure dart to materialize in front of you. And it rushes forward and gets right in your face and says, Seize it! Oh my god! <laughs> and then you're in an identical chamber to the one you just left. Oh my god, why? <laughs> Can we put our headphones back on now? Yes. You all materialize in this identical chamber. It takes a minute for Drew to get through, and then she appears in the chamber next to you, and she seems to be sweating a little bit. Very sweaty, shaky. You're all right, you're all right there? <laughs> Not doing great. Um, you okay? <laughs> Drew starts, uh, or I, I kind of walk away from the group for a second. Quick sidebar, have I told... I think I said that I told them about this whole thing, right? No, you have not. Yeah, you did. She said she relayed all of it to the group so we wouldn't have to talk about it again. Yeah. No, that was the... Um, that was her research, not the whisper. The research. Why wouldn't she tell us why she was researching? I feel like I would have been like, I'm looking up Idrindon, and then they would have been like, why? And I would have been like, well... You did not relay the information that we talked about separately. We talked about the whisper in the rare room, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to relay all this information to everyone? I thought we already talked about it. No, we have not. So, Drew heard this whisper in her mind in the rare room that said, seize the stone. And then, a few nights, a week, or a few nights, a ten day, while you all were waiting for Scar's transfer information... Drew had dreams that she was in a jade room and that there was someone saying, seize the stone over her shoulder again and again. And whenever she tried to turn and look, 
she would never she, she knew something was there but she could never get a good glimpse of it and then one night the dreams changed into she was in a black void now and it was the same thing seize the stone seize the stone and it felt like there was a hand touching her gently on the shoulder creepy yeah so you you did not relay that information to them or you relayed that information but we haven't talked about it as people okay let's say i relayed that information to you guys i thought i talked about it i guess i skipped it um yeah that happened so that's why i was doing the research because i wanted to know what that was about but yeah i feel like this happens i come back and i look visibly disheveled and i'm sweaty and i'm like and i look at the rest of my party and i'm like you know those dreams that i've been having I think I just had a real life version of those dreams. <laughs> if that's a normal thing that people have. Well, what happened? Can I just say I describe it or do I have to like actually describe it? Actually describe it, please. Gotta do that characterization, fam. <laughs> uh, I hate describing stuff. Um, it was the same thing. It was like the dreams that I've been having, except I was I went through the portal and everything got dark and the same thing with the voice that's over my shoulder and I can never see who it is, except this time there was a ghost person and he flew at me and started screaming in my face that I needed to seize the stone and it was very Harry Potter. <laughs> Whoa. And then I popped up here. What's Harry Potter? Shut up, Justin. I don't know. It's a very good book series. You should read it. <laughs> that was in character, right? The whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> so Harry Potter is canon then. <laughs> I have decided. You know that meme of that guy just kind of throwing his hands up? I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Agamir kind of pipes up and Agamir pipes up and she's like, well, are you okay to to walk do we need to rest for a minute you seem pretty shaken up no i think i'm okay i just it was weird i'm not thrilled <laughs> any dream experts has anyone ever heard of anything like that <laughs> <laughs> no we need to go find a soothsayer why don't we talk while we walk and but and i wanted to ask uh drew when when it says to seize the stone do you have any idea what stone it's talking about I mean, I'm going to make a pretty good guess and say it's the stone that Seth has. Seth, uh, I'm assuming she has it around her neck, right? So she kind of holds the stone close to herself and this steps back a little bit and looks at Drew like, are you okay? Do you <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all I know is that I probably shouldn't touch it. <laughs> like, that probably seems like a bad idea to give it the stone, whatever is happening. Uh, please roll me a wisdom saving throw. Me? Drew. Oh. It's in my brain. Uh, it's a nine total. <laughs> <laughs> you are overcome with an intense urge to grab this pendant from Saf. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Can she just give it to her? Like, what's, I mean, let's just solve the mystery. What happens if I touch it? If you do not grab it, you will take damage. What if she attempts to grab it, but I roll a deck saving throw 
and evade her. You can certainly try. Drew gets a almost a, a rage in her eyes when she lays eyes on the pendant. My God. I like really want to, I really want to know what happens. <laughs> I get like real weird and squirrely and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> Twitchy. Yeah. So if you do not reach out and grasp it, you will take psychic damage. Um, Drew is like in the middle of her sentence and she's like, well, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we shouldn't. And then I see the pendant and I stop mid-sentence and just lunge at Saf. <laughs> Saf rolls a 22 to evade her. Oh, shit. Okay. Roll me an athletics, Drew. I'm squirrely, so. A natural 20. Snap. Okay. Yeah, you lunge forward, but Saf is able to evade your grasp. Damn. Uh, and as you lunge, you the feeling of the urge to get the stone or the pendant kind of washes away. Oh. And you're back to your normal self. She hits the ground and looks very embarrassed. Well, that was strange. <laughs> she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like she like scrambles up and she's like, I have no idea what just happened to me, but I definitely wanted to snatch that thing away from you. Seth has like a look of fear in her eyes. And she, like, takes a couple steps back. I rip the pendant off of my neck, and I stick it in my bag of holding. Well, wait, Safina, why don't you just give it to Drew and see, like, so she can solve this mystery? What? <laughs> Unless she doesn't want it. I mean... <laughs> Agamir, turns, Agamir turns to Scar and says, Does that sound like a ben- seem like a benevolent entity in her dreams? Seize the stone! I mean... Yeah, but like all it's telling her is to get the stone. That's it's not telling her to kill anybody for it. Right now, I think it's I think there's more to it. I think this is step 1. Well, it doesn't sound very friendly. I mean, if you want the dreams and the visions and stuff to stop, I'm guessing that you're going to have to seize the damn thing. I mean, I can keep I can keep, like keep doing research and stuff. This is true. What's the name of the show, Nicole? Yeah, well, we all know that I've lived up to that name more than anybody else. <laughs> I'm, this is the one time I'm going to help you just this one time. You get one. <laughs> Next time you make this decision, it's on you. I throw my hands up in the air and I go, hey, if everyone wants me to give her the stone, I'll give her the stone. But seems like a bad idea. Drew backs away and she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> do not want. Please do not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just all for finding out, like, I'm like an instant gratification kind of person. I just want to know why. And the only way you're going to know why is to get the dang thing. So that's my vote. Well, yeah, but it's not the only way I'm going to know why. I can research and, you know, learn things. It's just going to keep telling you to seize it. (laughs) You know, just break down the wall, man. Just go ahead. Is that thing on fire? Touch. Let's just touch it. <laughs> I'm saying. Listen, Agamir's the one that touched the damn uh, base, like whatever those things are called with the fire in it. Brazier. 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 I almost said basin. I don't know why. <laughs> Brace yourself. I'm pretty sure the last thing we need is for Drew to be freaking out and grabbing the stone and turning into some sort of monster in the middle of the Grotty Network tower in Antepa. Well, how do we how do we know that whatever just happened to her just now isn't going to keep happening until she gets it? 
Well, she saw it. So if it's in my bag of holding. I just don't. I just can't see it. Mm. At least for right now. Babies. All of you. <laughs> I think we should keep it out of my hands for as long as possible, at least while we do some research. Sure. All right. We're doing all of this talking while we're walking, right? Yes. Yes. An attendant ushers you out of the inner chambers of the Grotti Tower, and you are now out on the streets of Intepa, the uh, the seats of power of all of Alari. It is pristine. There are massive structures the most beautiful architectural works that you've seen. You come out of the Grotti network. The embassies of the Chamber of Twelve are directly in front of you. So there are the headquarters for each of the consoles are right there. To the left, or to your right, rather, is the Assembly of Stewards building. And then you can see up on a high part of this plateau is the capital itself where the chamber of 12 resides where the actual chamber is mm. so hello and teppa <laughs> i can like hear triumphant music there are not as many people coming through the grotty tower or network as there were in ilar's birth because you know you need the special passes to go to Intepa, but there are still a fair amount of people around and they seem to be heading either to the embassies or over to the assembly of stewards. And then even more going to the next plateau down, which holds the university and also the Thornburn apartments in Intepa. So that's where we're heading, right? We're going to like stop there for the night on our way to the, to the tavern and fellows. Or how long does it take to get from her apartment to the tavern in fellows? Would you say? Probably take a few days to get there. So the Thornburn apartment would probably be a good place to uh, spend the night. Yeah. And then, but I mean, what time of day is it right now? Can you tell us that? It's morning. Okay. So we have time to like dilly dally around uh, Intepa and see, you know, you wanted to go to the university, Safina and... Yes. You all want to do some sightseeing? Yeah, let's be tourists. <laughs> the university and the library, they're so beautiful. Although I kind of feel like Drew is in a tiny bit of danger because this is the these are the people that want her. Ah, they are not. That's the lore keepers. One thing I forgot to oh, mention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention as well is as you're walking through the streets during the period between the transfer and meeting with the console... You notice that the wanted posters for Drew start coming down and the missing posters for Saf also come down uh, to the point where you are not seeing them on the streets anymore. Yay. Dope. What? That Tazik really uh, lives up to his word, huh? Only took him 20 days. It happened gradually over the 20 day period. <laughs> okay. There were a lot of posters. His last, his last name is a blanket. Is the ocean visible from this tier of the, of the plateau that we're on? Uh, yeah, so you can see the Intepa Harbor. It's a two-tiered harbor on the upper tier. It's more of a, a scenic lake. There aren't really any ships that go up there. And then there's a waterfall that cascades down into the main harbor, which is five miles across and leads out to the sea. Agamir's kind of just staring out at the ocean, being like, I haven't been this home in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I always thought it was called the sea because it could go as far as the eye could see. Sorry. 
Wow. That was a little that was a little uh gilly reference. Nice. Yeah, so at all of this, Saf is like losing her mind. She is super interested in the architecture and the views and everything. So she's like running around the whole place, making little drawings and sketches and basically teleporting from one thing to the next. Teleporting? Yeah, she's moving so fast. She's basically teleporting from one thing to the next. She's so excited. (laughs) Very cool. Anime style. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there's a, a lot to see for sure. So you all are going to head down to the next level of the Intepa Plateau. Sure. Yeah, we can we can head down. This at this tier, it's really just the Grotti Network and government buildings. Really, I feel like everyone listening should know that it's spelled G R A D D I E. G R A D I D I instead of Grotti, like. Like a grotto, but with an I, like I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was G-R-O-T-T-I. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> because apparently G-R-A-D-I, which is how it's spelled, right, Nate? Yeah. Is a bastardization of the Latin first step. It's true. And if you all had read the document that I shared with you on Google Drive called Lanamora Details for Players, you would know the correct spelling. <laughs> we just outed ourselves as not reading anything that Nathan sent us. <laughs> this is, I mean, literally live up to the village idiot name. Like, I read it. No, he was. he just handed it to us and we were like, nah. Yeah, I added the console <laughs> names like a month and a half ago, and you all just now gave me your insights on some of these consoles' names. Yeah. (laughs) I read it. I just don't remember. Yeah. It's only a six-page document right now, guys. (laughs) It is not the longest document that I have regarding this D&D campaign. Okay. Wow. Those are for me. Dun, dun, dun. Anywho, uh, so yeah, you all want to go do some sightseeing, exploring? Sure. Yeah, let's head down to the other tier and see what else Intepa has to offer. Okay, is there anything specifically you all want to do as you're passing through? Yeah. Uh, Not that I can think of personally. Let's go to the university or library, read some books. Ah, shoot. What are the names of those things? I told you. Um, shit. What is it? Halartha University of Ultimate Knowledge. Right, right, right. And I don't remember the name of the library. I think it started with an X. Xanadu. Sorry. This is... The story of a girl. girl. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That was lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I set y'all up. The official name of the library in the Seats of Power is the prestigious Library of Zargos, or Library of Zargos, named after the legendary Pegasus Zargos, who, according to myth, bore the chariot that the elf scholar Halartha Rora used to deliver knowledge from the ancient gods. Halartha University of Ultimate Knowledge is named for the elf scholar. With an X, right? X-A-R-G-O-S. Is it Halartha, H-A-A-L-A-R-T-H-A? H-E-L-A-R-T-H-A. Where do you all want to go first? The prestigious Library of Zargos or the Halartha University of Ultimate Knowledge? Or 
the Thornburn apartment. I want to go to the place of ultimate knowledge because I want to figure out what's going on with my brain. Well, if we go to the apartment first, maybe I can get some names of people in the university and library to talk to. There might be a list of contacts. Good point. Because I don't have any names at the moment. I just know that he taught there, he went there, and he did stuff there. Good point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can go there. Look for maybe uh, something he would have left. Okay. Okay. So you're looking for something specifically from Dr. Milo. Yeah, like if he he put together any... If he wrote any scholarly journals. Yeah, scholarly journals, exactly. Yeah, people he would have worked on things with. Yeah. Co-authors. Left behind any, like architects plans in like the library that were like inventions that he was maybe known for collaborating on or I don't know. Did he write any books? He wrote several books, several bestsellers actually. <laughs> What's a bestseller like in, in a... <laughs> <laughs> it literally flies off the shelf. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so the uh, Harry Potter it's a trilogy in Ilari, and it's H-A-I-R-Y-P-O-T-T-E-R, as in a hairy ceramics guy. It's amazing, and I love it. Drew's into real weird literature. <laughs> it's canon. A lot of people liken the Harry Potter trilogy to like how we would refer to Twilight. In this world. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, Safina, you just wrote a book. Don't you want to try to get it published? Well, I haven't gotten it edited yet. Uh, well, you can find an editor here. You can, uh, and then you can start your Far Worlder saga. <laughs> Far Worlder, is that what it's going to be called now? Yeah, it's, it's like Outlander. You wrote a romantic action adventure comedy. It wasn't a comedy. Action adventure romance, which is very much like Outlander, but we're calling it Far Worlder. Okay. I'm writing that down then. Far Worlder. I like it. Because they're worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Instead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. So, yeah, who's doing what? Oh, we were deciding where we're going to go first. I said I wanted to go to the place of ultimate knowledge because I wanted to figure out what's going on with my brain. And Justin said that we could go to the apartment first because that he would be able to get names of people that we could talk to at the library. So we're going to do that. Okay. So to the Thornburn apartment. Justin, would you like to describe the Thornburn apartment to us as everyone's walking up to it? Oh, my God. Have you really had a description of it? No, but I am going to make it up as I go along. Oh, dear Lord. So the exterior of the apartment looks exactly like the Umbrella Academy TV show. Okay, hold on. I need to look that up. It's kind of like just like a gated. Yeah, it's like a gated, like kind of like in a, it's it kind of like an old fashioned building in within a city, like a brown, like a brownstone almost, but like a little bit fancier than a brownstone. Gotcha. But the color scheme in, in Tepa is like white marble-ish, right? Yeah, it's predominantly white marble. Okay, we'll call it white marble then. It's a marble stone. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so the apartment, I point up to the second floor, and I say, the apartment's up there. I could see it through, I could see the window up there. And I point to the corner window, which is a very large 
long, almost floor length window. And then there's like a, a floor length circular window. You you mean ce- uh, floor to ceiling? I was going to say floor length, Justin. <laughs> floor to ceiling and floor length, actually. So you mean the window is as long as the apartment and as tall as the apartment? Almost. Wow. Okay. So uh, I take out my key and then we walk up to the front door. I open the gate. I realize that the key that I have is going to open the apartment, not the front door of the apartment complex. Correct. So I'm like, oh, do I knock? So you're at the door as you are there contemplating this. Someone walks through it. Oh, oh, here, come on in. Oh, pardon me. Thank you. And I motion for them to come really quietly. Okay. So then we make our way upstairs and I put the key in the keyhole, open up the double door. And inside is kind of like a beautiful mahogany paneled room with bookshelves lining the walls (laughs) in in the interior. I have many leather bound books. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You basically just described Ron Burgundy's house. So there are bookshelves (laughs) lining the lining the walls and then uh, you see a living area opened up tables, couches, chairs, a kitchen and dining room off to the side with a a nice island in the kitchen. But it's a hobbit sized. Or halfling sized, rather. I was gonna ask. <laughs> Wait, the table or the the whole like do I fit in the in the room or is the furniture small? Oh no, it's yeah, no, the furniture ranges in heights because I'm sure that he would have people over of different species and origins and things like that. I was gonna say, if Gandalf the Grey can fit inside of Bilbo's <laughs> house, then I think we can fit inside this apartment. But from floor to, floor to ceiling, it is a high ceiling apartment. So you would easily be able to fit in it. He's got those vaulted ceilings. <laughs> and it turns out that the glass window that we saw in the front of the building is a one-way window. You can't see in. Whoa. Nice. So you can you can see the entire apartment as you walk in then? Yes, pretty much. And... I can't decide how many bedrooms it should have. I would think four bedrooms, but that would be an awful lot of convenience. So maybe two bedrooms. Gotcha. So uh, you all enter the Thornburn apartment and you see it in all of its glory. It smells like old books and immediately gives um, Safina feelings of joy. (laughs) Is this your first time here? It is. So what what are y'all going to do? You're, you're here in the apartment. Agamir kind of just goes up and looks out the window and kind of inspects inspects the sill and fiddles with the curtains. He's just kind of starts moving along the edges of the apartment. Okay. Picks up a couple books. Sweet. Off in the corner, there is a a, a step up in the floor. And then on that kind of plateaued step up is a desk with some bookshelves behind it and a lot of notes on the table and stuff like that. Okay. So I would like to notice that 
and then go towards that. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, about halfway there, you hear a cough from one of the other rooms. <laughs> it's a... <coughs> I immediately turn around and I look at everyone. As in, did you hear that? Hegemir's kind of frozen, holding his book, slowly putting it back on the shelf, bug-eyed staring at Saf. I draw my weapon. I look right at Scar and I, like, we told him, or we told her this was going to happen. We literally told her. Yep. Okay, whatever. I guess we're going to fight somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you don't mind me killing a member of your family. (laughs) I go up to, I'm guessing the door is closed. Yes. Right. Okay, so I go up to the door and I listen for signs of movement and how many people are in there, et cetera, et cetera. You hear a shuffling noise. And you hear, it, it sounds like someone is babbling at something. Open the door. Yeah, I slowly turn the knob for the door and I swing it open. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you swing the door open, shout, who are you? And standing in front of you is Pela, your great grandmother. Whoa. She is a wizened old halfling, very wrinkly, 150 years old. This is Dr. Milo's mother. Oh. And she is uh, cooing and talking to her pet. It is a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet, aren't you? My little, my little Tootsie. Tootsie Tootsie. <laughs> she, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like she even noticed that you uh, swung the door open. Okay, so uh, I see her there and I'm like, great grandma? She turns and looks at you and says, hello, Saf. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you by today? What brings me by? What are, what are you doing here? Did you come by to feed Tootsie? <laughs> how'd you guess well you always come by and feed tootsie what <laughs> note to the listeners this is my very first time in this apartment great grandma uh, wait i would like to go over to her to view tootsie okay <laughs> you check and see if it's dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see tootsie and it looks like tootsie is a taxidermy turtle oh Great grandma, no. <laughs> <laughs> Does is great grandma like supposed to be here? I don't think so. I'm wondering how she got there, first of all. So talk to her, I guess. I would like to put my arm over great grandma and I would like to lead her out of the room and say, I think Tootsie is good for now. Let me show you, let me introduce you to my friends. Okay, you're right. She does look stuffed. (laughs) 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 Okay, so I lead her out of the room and I'm like, great grandma, these are my friends. My friends. And I look at her with like a little bit of shock and I'm like, my great grandma. Hello. Hi, great grandma. (laughs) 
I'm saying this as I put my weapon away. <laughs> Drew is very uncomfortable. <laughs> Would you all like some tea? That I do want, actually. <laughs> Drew steps forward. Like, I step forward. Like, all right. You had me at tea. Um, so I look at her and I'm like, tea would be great. You know where the kitchen is, right? Yes. Okay. She starts walking towards the bathroom. I follow her and I take her into my arm again and I lead her in the other direction. And I'm like, what are you doing here, great grandma? Oh, well, I live here. I'm going to whisper to Saf and be like, does she? <laughs> I cover great grandma's ears and I whisper back, I don't think so. Well, where does she normally live? <laughs> Agamir pipes it, pipes up and he's like, this is a lovely apartment you have, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. My my husband uh, got it here while he was at university. And now our, our boy Milo's at university. Oh. Oh. Uh, do you know where Grandpa Milo is? Well, I, I, I would guess that he's... At his lessons for today. Oh. Yeah, Grandma got dementia, boy. <laughs> yeah. We've okay. been having trouble finding him. Do you know who his friends are at university? Oh, yes. Uh, he, his, his best f- friend at university is uh, Dorena. Justin, you don't know where she's supposed to be living? Like, is she supposed to be, like, in a home? Is your great-grandfather still alive? Like, what? Well, no, my great-grandfather is not alive, and my grandfather, her son, Milo, has been gone for ten years now, so I don't know how she got here or how she has stayed alive this whole time. But, like, where was she before? You don't know. I mean, he, this is only ten years, so she would have been, like, old, and he would have been old. She thinks that he's still in college, like, I don't... No, she thinks he's... I'm guessing his lessons mean... I think she thinks he's teaching. Yeah, teaching at the college. Because he, he was a professor, honorary professor there. Oh, Nate, Nate just said, when in her voice, in her character, she said, my son goes to university now. <laughs> no, she said he was probably at his lessons. Meaning his lessons, like he was taking lessons. Nathan, ruling, what did you mean by <laughs> at his lessons? Define lessons. Uh, roll me an insight check. Like I'm, I'm thinking that Milo put grandma, great grandma, away before, because she's probably had dementia for a while. Does dementia exist in Alari? Ooh, I got a five. You're not quite sure whether or not she meant his lessons that he was teaching or his lessons that he was taking. And yes, dementia exists in Alari. It's not called dementia. What's, What's it, it called? called? <laughs> Well, if I tell you, it's going to sound mean. What? Well. Don't make it something mean. Well, no, it's not mean. It's just. The forgetsies? <laughs> <laughs> That's not Joking? mean. That's cute. No, no. The forgetsies is, is not mean. And I mean, this is a, a PSA for our listeners. Uh, dementia and Alzheimer's are no laughing matter. And any of those affected by dementia or Alzheimer's. We definitely feel for you and have experienced it ourselves. So in a fantasy world, if they did not have a name for dementia or Alzheimer's, it would be called mind rot. Ooh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah, so... Hate it. 
We'll call it the forgetsies then. <laughs> oh, the forgetsies sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um I turn to Scar and I say, I don't know what she means by lessons, but the last time I saw her was at the other estate by Lux and Gizmo Burrow. So she's missing too, I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't see any posters. Nobody's looking for her. Maybe your family has her staying here. Or maybe she's staying with a, a caretaker. I'm not sure, but we've got one name. Dorena. Okay, so I go... Great-grandma, tea would be lovely. Thank you. And I walk over to the desk and I start looking at the notes. Okay. You see uh, various notes written in your grandfather's hand. Are you looking for anything specific? Maybe papers he's published or notes from friends or coworkers or, you know, things like that. It looks mostly like um, kind of half-finished ideas. Dr. Milo, as we know, had a lot of ideas, so he's kind of written them all down. There are some letters that are not in his hand, and one of them is signed Dorena Ravenridge. Raven Ridge? Yes. That's a cool name. That is very cool. It is on the university's letterhead as well. Mm. Interesting. Maybe she a professor. Let's go find out. I kind of feel bad leaving great grandma here by herself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, about that. I feel like um, we should let your family know she's here. Just at that moment, the door opens to the apartment and... In walks Yendak. Oh no! <laughs> Is that your dad? That's my dad. Oh no! Oh, no! What did we say? <laughs> he says, "Okay, Grandma, I got the." Wait a minute, Saf. What are you doing here? And oh no! Are are these your abductors? <laughs> and that's where we'll end. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> Good old family confrontation. <laughs> what did we tell you, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> Considering the circumstances, the village idiot this week mm-hmm. is going to be Saf. So, Justin. <laughs> I agree with this. 100%. For bringing everyone to your family establishment, knowing that your family was looking for you. Great, thanks. <laughs> You totally deserve that. I think it's the first time this is, that's happened. No, Saf was the village idiot once before, I think. This is the second time I've become the yeah. village idiot, yes. We got to start keeping tally because I'm winning. <laughs> or losing. Or losing, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say. However you want to look at it. <laughs> so, yes, thank you all so much for listening to this episode, the 10th episode I hope that you had a good time listening. I had a good time DMing. I hope my players had a good time playing. Mm-hmm. We are on a lot of stuff now, aren't we? We are. So we have a Twitter account. You can go to at Village Idiot Pod to see all of the stuff that we tweet from there. And personally, you can find me at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JRoma20. And tell me how stupid I am. <laughs> I'm at Neurotic Good. I'm at Village Idiots DM. 
And I have no social media presence, so yeah. You can just uh, at Village Idiot Pod us if you want to talk to Jordan. We'll pass along your well wishes or questions or what have you. Yeah. We also have a website, villageidiotspodcast.com. We put cool stuff up like art and graphics and other stuff. Blogs, eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> when you write them. Yeah. I also wanted to make a shout out to all of the people that have reviewed us on iTunes. Um, Calico Coolness, Char Charmon, your thoughts and words are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening and taking the time to to let us know how, how we're doing, what you think of, of us, and let other people know. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for leaving those reviews. If you haven't left a rating or review yet, uh, you know, if you're feeling that way, uh, we would we would love to hear from you and see how you're 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 feeling about how we're doing. We're we're ten episodes in now. If you count episode zero, we've got eleven. So you know, we want to hear what you want to hear. So leave those ratings, leave the reviews. We appreciate any feedback we can get. Absolutely, we want to make this the best for you as we can. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Remember to tune in next week. We come out every Tuesday. New episodes every, 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 every Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. (laughs) Maybe next time we'll actually get to roll dice. You did roll dice. You rolled insight checks and all this and that. Those don't count. Initiative. Yeah, two episodes ago, I gave you all a combat on a silver platter, and you didn't take it. And I was trying to take advantage of it. (laughs) Everyone else decided to leave. So, you know. Hey, I didn't leave. I just just knocked you out. So it looks like this is a heavily RP podcast. Let me kill stuff. Yeah, let us know in the reviews if you want to hear more combat, because I'm sure we can work it in there somehow. Yeah, let Nathan know you want to hear us kill stuff. Yes. Even though I think next episode, maybe we'll get in a confrontation with my father. Confrontation, maybe, but you said your dad's a coward. I'd highly doubt he's going to fight three people that are much bigger than him that he don't know. Drew just <laughs> inflicts wounds on Saf's dad, just like right there. Oh, God. <laughs> Saf, what are you doing here? Ah! <laughs> well, on that note, that's that's going to be it for us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I don't know. We'll play... Play again soon. Catch you on the flip side. And remember, everybody, it takes a village. I hate that. Ah? Ah? <laughs> I hate that. Bye. Wow, it's better than bye. 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 Suck. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 